This is Matt Connickson. I'm the sales agronomist with CHX Ag Services in Oakley, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan along with Sierra Doctor. We begin with Harvest Hotline, brought to you by Ag Country Farm Credit Services, Amity Technology, and the North Dakota Mill. Pioneer field agronomist Kevin Center says harvest progress in his area has been drug out by small rain events. Uh, well, harvest went pretty well at the beginning. Uh, it seemed like once soybeans got going and once sugar beets kind of really got going around here, the, the rain and drizzle just kind of was persistent, and it really has kind of caused harvest to just drag out forever here and uh, the beans are mostly done now. Uh, there's still a few sunflowers standing, but not a lot of those left. And I would say there's probably somewhere between 40 and 50% of the corn is still standing. Corn yields have been widely variable. Uh, it's been all over the board. Uh, there's been some really good corn running in uh, 220s, 230s, and even 240s. Uh, but then you don't have to go very far away, and it's a different soil type maybe, and maybe they just didn't catch the right rain showers. And it's, you know, struggling to get to 150 in some cases even, or even where it's been really dry, they've been running the 130s and 140s. Um, so it's it's one of those things where we're, we're pretty fortunate to even pull down those kind of yields if you've only had four inches of rain during the growing season. Murdoch, Minnesota farmer Todd Wenzel is all wrapped up with harvest for the season. It's all wrapped up. Uh, it was a good harvest. We had a little bit of wet weather here at the end of October. So that kind of delayed the completion of harvest in some areas for some people, but that's uh, pretty well wrapping up now. There's just a few fields left in the area. We did have some moisture um, in the tail end of harvest there, but it didn't close up too much. And then, yes, after we got done, then there was more rain and some slop that came through that presented problems for people. Probably had to wait, delay some tailage, but we, uh, we wrapped up before that inch or so of rain that came through. Wenzel says even a lot of the fall fertilizer applications and tillage has been completed. I would say the quality was really good. Yields were, I would say, just average to real good. Some places below average. If it was corn on corn this year, it probably wasn't uh, yielding quite as good as years past. But it really depended on soils and if you were lucky enough to get some rain during the summer. So a lot of the fertilizer went on this fall, I think, in preparation of next year. But there's still some to go. And this warm weather, of course, is, nobody expected this compared to what we had a couple of weeks ago, but it's getting there. I talked with a person at the co-op this morning, and they don't have much going on anymore now. And that's Harvest Hotline, brought to you by Amity Technology, the North Dakota Mill, and Egg Country Farm Credit Services. It's going to be a warm weekend with milder than average temperatures predicted. That, according to National Weather Service Aberdeen meteorologist Scott Doring. Yeah, one more day of cold temperatures across the area. Overall highs in the 30s and uh, perhaps lower 40s. But then we'll start to turn the corner going into the weekend a little bit, starting tomorrow on Saturday. We'll start warming things up a little bit more. Overall, it looks like 40s in some spots to the uh, 50s. A few locations could actually see 60 degrees in the southwest part of South Dakota. Going in through the week, though, we kind of have an upper level ridge building across the area, bringing some warmer temperatures and also dry conditions pretty much for the entire week ahead. 
And Doring says a cool-off will probably take place late next week. I'm starting to see potential for a pattern change uh, perhaps on next week Friday. Cooler temperature trying to come back in. Some of the model guidance uh, suggests all the temperature we have in the forecast. Right now in the forecast we have on next week Friday the 17th. Highs in the uh, 30s, 40s, and some spots in the 50s. Some guidance suggests it could be a little cooler than that. And even going into beyond next week into the Thanksgiving Day weekend, there is a potential for cooler temperatures moving in. Something we'll keep an eye on as we get closer to the uh, holiday weekend. Center west, center south, and northeastern Brazil are expected to see below normal rains over the next 10 days, while temperatures will be very warm to hot. World Weather Incorporated says far southern Brazil will continue to see waves of rain through all of next week, resulting in continued flooding. World Weather says Argentina's weather should be mostly favorable for planting and summer crop development. AgWatch Market Advisors President Dewey Strickler said the grain trade seeing a bit of follow-through selling following yesterday's supply and demand report. I think the trade is uh, still dealing with the USDA raising the yield on both corn and soybeans uh, here, which was somewhat unexpected. I think that the only reason that beans are higher here right now is that there is still concerns over weather in South America, especially Brazil, even though that we have seen uh, some improvement with it here recently. And the cattle market seeing some light short covering as well. Well, I think we're seeing a rebound uh, here from the decline we have here for the past week. Uh, I think, you know, it's in the cattle market especially, it's uh, finally coming to the light that the consumer is tapped out. I've been saying all along here that uh, consumer spending at record level, personal savings at uh, uh, also at record lows pretty much uh, with interest rates where they are, and interest rates are unlikely going to decline here. You know, that's going to have a toll on the cattle market, and it finally looks like uh, it's finally doing so. North Dakota's 2023 soybean production is forecast at 209 million bushels, up 5% from last year, according to USDA's National Ag Statistics Service. Acreage is up 8%, while the yield forecast of 34 bushels per acre is down one bushel from last year. North Dakota's corn production is forecast at a record 535 million bushels, up 54% from last year. Corn acreage is up 41% to a record high of 3.7 million acres. Yield is forecast at 143 bushels per acre, up 12 bushels from last year. Minnesota's corn production forecast at 1.5 billion bushels, according to the National Ag Statistics Service. Corn yield expected to be down 14 bushels an acre from last year at 181 bushels per acre. Soybean production in Minnesota forecast to be 349 million bushels, down 5.5% from last year. The soybean yield expected to be down 2 bushels an acre from a year ago at 48 bushels per acre. Reporting Agriculture's Business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Friday Farm News here on the Red River Farm Network. A trade delegation led by Minnesota Governor Tim Walls is on its way to Australia for an eight-day trade mission. This is the state's first trade mission to Australia. Agriculture Commissioner Tom Peterson says the mission is a multi-track trade mission. I think we have probably 40 or 50 people on it in total. And we have uh, different tracks. There's like a medical track and a business track, and then we have an agricultural track. And so we have about eight different people on our track. Uh, we have soybean growers, uh, edible bean growers, 
uh, the university um, and uh, farmers union, so different folks. And we have a lot of meetings set up uh, with different businesses that want to do business here, that want to uh, trade with us, and, and then just information learning too as well. Peterson says this is a good opportunity for Minnesota agriculture. Really our big things are soybeans, soybean meal, edible beans, um, and then looking at uh, their um, uh, dairy exports and everything, we kind of want to learn more about them too, which is always interesting because I think as we compete with them into the Asian market and other things, so really trying to make those connections. They're also very interested in, in uh, tech. Uh, you know, and seeing some of the different ag tech that we're uh, looking at and whether that's with our machinery and other things. So a lot of exciting stuff as well. National Pork Board Chief Sustainability Officer Jamie Burr spoke at the Agricultural Bankers Conference recently in Oklahoma City. He highlighted tools available to producers that will help share sustainability measures and measure impacts on the pork industry and agriculture. The Pork Cares Farm Impact Report can help producers share their story with legislators, companies interested in carbon offsets, or consumers. That report can be used for several different things. One, it could be used for the farmer to talk to um, his or her community about, here's here are the environmental outcomes from my farm. Here's real data that shows how they are making improvements or what their outcomes are. They could share it with their banker to, sh to, to see how they, they are have been making improvements. Um, they could uh, use that to share with a legislator to, to, sh to share a story around their sustainability. And that data can also be used in a bigger picture approach. And we can also have the ability, if we have enough producers in a state, that data can be rolled up and anonymized can't ever see whose data it is, but we can roll that data up in, from a state level. And then our state work associations can share that data and share the sustainability story of the entire industry in the state and just be able to have, you know, proof around um, how pork producers in that particular state have continued to, to make improvements. The CME Group Purdue University Ag Economy Barometer has asked about farmers' concern for farm policy in recent surveys. Purdue Center for Commercial Agriculture Director Dr. James Mintert has been surprised to see the concern level has remained low. It's been interesting. Uh, the first time we asked this question, we actually thought we would see more people say they were concerned about farm policy. But the results on that aspect of the question have been pretty consistent. There's been a pretty low percentage every single time we've asked it. You know, I think that could be a reflection of the fact that we've had relatively strong prices in recent years. And as a result, the farm safety net hasn't been uh, as big a player as it was in some past periods. Uh, that doesn't mean it couldn't be a big factor going forward. But I think that's probably explains why not very many people are choosing that as a, as a major concern going forward. Land value expectations have continued to rise. Mintert says this is due to the expectations of non-farmer investment de demand and inflation. This month, the long-term farmland value expectation index, which asked people about their views on farmland values over the next five years, uh, it rose again. Um, the index value on that one's 156. And to put that in perspective, as recently as February, that index was down around, uh, I think, 137. So it's up almost 20 points uh, since February. And that's in an environment where interest rates are going up, which normally you'd think you might see that uh, given some negative uh, feedback. USDA's National Ag Statistics Service will survey farmers in 37 states, including North and South Dakota. 
as part of its 2023 Row Crops County Agricultural Production Survey. The survey will collect information on total acres planted and harvested, total yields and production of row crops to support uh, estimates down to the county level. The data will help determine accurate loan rates, disaster payments, crop insurance, price elections, and more. Reporting agriculture's business, this is the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture. Let's catch up with Ag Week reporter Noah Fish. Noah, what do you have for us on the cover of Ag Week? Uh, this week's Ag Week cover story is on private well testing. 10% uh, of private wells in Minnesota pose a health problem. 14% of the U.S. population uh, uses private wells. And um, if you have a private well, it's probably time to get it tested. Uh, about or over one million Minnesotans get their Minnesota get their drinking water from a private well, and some of the worst groundwater in the state for high nitrate levels comes from my area in southeast Minnesota. Major contaminants include bacteria, nitrates, pesticides, arsenic, lead, and radon. Is there help available or information about testing if we want to do that? If you are in North Dakota, uh, the North Dakota Department of Environmental Quality recommends that private well owners test the water quality at regular intervals to maintain confidence in the water quality. A list of certified water testing labs uh, in North Dakota can be found at an NDSU extension website. Uh, it's the, the title of that document is called Drinking Water Quality Testing and, and Interpreting Your Results. Sure. The age of the well make a difference, too? Yeah, a lot of these wells, you know, are over 100 years old, so that, that definitely makes a difference. Um, a lot of them can be, you know, extremely expensive to replace, though, so it's important to just test your water and see what's going on because there are ways to, um, to take care of problems if it is contaminated. Sounds interesting, Noah. Looking forward to reading about it next week's Ag Week. And let's catch up with a uh, look at uh, market numbers here before we leave you this afternoon. We're seeing uh, December wheat Minneapolis down four and a quarter cents for uh, seven thirty and a quarter. Chicago December wheat down five at five seventy five and three quarters. Kansas City December wheat's down seven and a quarter six forty. December corn down four four sixty four and a half. March corn down three and a half at four seventy nine and a quarter. January soybeans five and a half higher thirteen forty nine. March soybeans four and a half higher thirteen sixty. In Winnipeg, January canola, 15.80 a metric ton higher, 7.02.90 Canadian. December live cattle down 37 cents, 173.95. February is unchanged. November feeder cattle, 35 higher, 229.35. January up $1.17. December lean hogs, 47 higher at 71.92. February up 45 cents. Thanks for joining us. Have a good weekend. This is the Red River Farm Network.